All right. So last week we uh, began something I sh shared with you guys. Oh, yes, the testimonies. I do always forget those. Thank you for reminding me. That's why you're here. <laughs> okay. Before we begin, two quick testimonies. We want to keep, keep the party rolling. Yes. yes. We want to celebrate what God has done. You're up. Okay. You don't want to share the life group one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care either one. You're up. So a couple weeks ago, <laughs> um, we took some time to pray for healing during the service. Did you share a couple? Did you share a number of those already? Oh, yeah. Okay. We already shared a number of them, but there were some that we didn't find out about till later. And um, we actually, the testimonies we're sharing this morning were specifically um, both from words of knowledge. And what's really fun is when, some, word of knowledge is when someone's just hearing from the Lord, you know, I'm getting a sense that God is, you know, healing this, healing this. Does anyone have this in the room? You know, and you can go pray for it and it gets healed. And sometimes you don't even have to go pray for it. <laughs> God is just doing it. And that was what was so exciting, exciting about these two testimonies, actually, is that we didn't pray. <laughs> it just happened. Just like how, you know, sometimes we'll say we just, God's presence is healing. And as we come and just congregate together and as we worship, we just expect that healing happens here because he is, in his presence, there's fullness of life in every way. And he brings that. And so um, a couple weeks ago when we were up here, I had a sense of feet. There wasn't any specific, um, you know, disease of the feet or even just going over exactly what the issue was in the feet. I just sensed that God was moving in feet. And then um, John Andrews and I were talking after the service, and he goes, oh, oh, that word of knowledge that you got, I think that was for me. I have, you know, this issue with my feet that was actually very, very painful in preventing him from work, um, and he was considering getting surgery for it. <laughs> and... Um, and so we're talking, we're talking, and, you know, it's, we're like, oh, yeah, we need to remember to pray for that. And we talked, and we got sidetracked, and we never prayed for it. And the next morning, he woke up, and his feet were healed. His foot was healed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that was just a really, it's just awesome to hear that. That's just God's word that went forth. We heard it, we shared it, and his word accomplished um, what he wanted to do, which was the healing of feet. And, you know, and, you know, our part was saying yes and amen. You know, not that it's a formula, um, you know, where if we do it all right, we're going to get it. And, and it's definitely not true that if we don't, that the reason why, you know, some of us are still contending, it has nothing to do with us not getting it all right. That's not how it works. There's mystery. You know, the, the enemy steals, kills, and destroys, and that's the only place where blame is going. And other than that, we're agreeing with God and with his kingdom so that we can see a revolution of that happen in our lives in every cell in our bodies and in every um, sphere of our lives. So anyways, um, Casey has another awesome yeah. testimony. Same, same theme um, about the word of knowledge being released and God's healing just mm. boom. So it was uh, this last Tuesday night at the Tom and Teresa LaMana Life Group hosted by Will and Mandy. By the way, if you're not yet in a life group, get in one. They're a party. They're awesome. So the uh, Daniel and Tina Browns is this Monday night, and John and Denise Andrews is this Thursday night, and there's sign-up sheets out there for them, so you, they can email you if you're, gonna be, if you're new. And uh, so I was at the Lamanas kickoff last Tuesday, 
And I just love how the leaders here in our church are, are trained and willing and open and just desiring to see the Holy Spirit move. And so at the end of the night, it kind of had run a little long because of the just introductions and everything. But Tom made a little space and said, hey, is there anything real quick? And he checked in with Steve, who's a good friend of his, and uh, knows that Steve gets words from the Lord about healing. And uh, so we just checked in real quick before they finished. And Steve said, yes, I feel like I have a couple things from the Lord. And, and so the, the one that stuck out to me is he said, I feel like uh, it's, it's shoulder to, to elbow, specifically shoulder to elbow, a pain. And uh, that's, he's like, that's what I'm hearing. And so uh, Tom kind of closed up the night. Everybody went to have cheesecake. And he said, but hey, if that was you, come up and we'd love to pray for you. And so Nancy McCarroll uh, stood up and uh, she came up to, to Tom and, and, uh, and Steve and said, hey, that was me. And uh, uh, she said, I had shoulder pain or pain from my shoulder to my elbow, like exactly what you described. And, and Tom, or excuse me, Steve said, oh, you know, he's excited. He's like, All right, let's pray. And she said, no, it's gone. As soon as you said shoulder to elbow, it just released and was gone. And Steve was kind of like, what? Like, well, but let's pray. And they had a little argument. She's like, no, I don't, <laughs> you don't need to pray. It's already done. And Steve's like, well, let's pray for the Lord to seal it, then, you know, it was like, it was, just, it was just kind of a fun little moment, but it was, it was so cool to hear her say, like, no, you don't need to pray. As soon as you said it, like, it left. It was so, that was really, those kind of things are just so fun, so exciting, just to see God being present in our midst in a personal, powerful way. So, that's the kind of stuff we, we don't believe. Those are one-time things. We believe God's wanting to grow that aspect of his culture. That's his kingdom, that that's his heart. He just wants that to be a, a normal way of, of, how, of what happens when the body of Christ gathers together. So those were fun. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> you got in trouble last week when you forgot. <laughs> well, it was more powerful now. There was two. Got it. See, God takes care of me. All right. So we are going to get into uh, God's word here. This is a part two of being present in the present. We had planned this together last week, but uh, given how long we start, saw it becoming... Given how much he talks. No. Yes, you know, that was the reality. I was like, babe, this is too much. I'm, you're not going to get a chance, so there's no point in you standing up here just staring at me, waiting. Yeah. So I kind of gave the intro last week, and, and it's going to kind of tag, you're it, this week, and uh, if I get a chance, I'll add one more thing, but we, we are passionate about this subject, the idea of just being present in the present. And, you know, kind of from the philosophical standpoint, all we ever have is the present. I mean, the, the past is gone. I mean, and yes, God's word says to remember the past and remember what, he, remember what God has done. But that's so that in the present, we can have gratitude, we can have praise. And then, yes, the Bible is also very future-oriented of what God is going to do, and we're supposed to have great hope. But the reality is all we ever actually have is the present moment. And so we want to get good at being able to enjoy the present. It's all we ever actually have. And, and then we see Jesus really modeling that. In John 5.19, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And Brother Lawrence just taking us into those, those nitty-gritty daily circumstances that all of us face, and yet finding that, that growing in that skill to be able to be with God, recognize God's presence to the point it's bringing great joy. 
I feel like there's, there's incredible, incredible example here for us and good news because the reality is, and that's part of why we're so passionate about this, is because it's like this is where you live everyday life. I mean, everyday life is, is the nitty-gritties. It's the chores. It's the daily grind. It's the dishes. It's the sitting in traffic. It's the commute to work. It's all of those things that are the, the nitty-gritties that we often just get so frustrated by, right? We often feel like, oh man, I can't wait to be done with this and get to church on Sunday so I can be with the Lord or get to life group or whatever that thing is where it's like, I just want to be done so I can get back to enjoying life. And I'm inspired by their examples. What if it's possible that we could actually live victoriously in all those circumstances? And rather than having circumstance, certain circumstances kind of own us and, oh, I've got to do this again, and i just got to plod through it, and i just got to be frustrated, i just got to be annoying, nobody better talk to me because I'm just kind of going to be angry right now, and I've just got to get through it. What if it was possible that we could actually learn with growing in skills to, to live above those circumstances? And actually not have to be owned by circumstances. But grow in the skill of being able to connect with God in whatever circumstance we're in. So that even like Brother Lawrence here, we might actually be driving down the road in traffic and just have so much joy, we got to contain ourselves. So that that unhappy person next to us, you know, doesn't think we're crazy. It's, it's, in, it's exciting. It's like... I want to live this life because life is lived in the nitty-gritties. And the idea that I can connect with God, connect with God's presence in the midst of everyday circumstances is great news. So we want to continue on this morning just talking about a couple more aspects of how do we grow in the skills of being present in the present moment in God's presence, ultimately. If you weren't with us last week, we'd encourage you to, to jump online, watch the message, listen to it. There's a couple things from last week that are key. We talked about being able to grow in that skill of disciplining ourselves to set aside distractions. It's a very distracting world out there, increasingly so. And, and so to find God's presence, to be aware of His presence, we've got to be aware of what's distracting me right now. And set them aside. So, one of my wife's favorite things to talk about, and I'm growing in that area as well, is just those little screens. Put they them can down. They can just be so distracting. Get them away from your eyes. Yes. <laughs> well, they are actually incredibly distracting. A screen doesn't even need to be making noise to be, to be loud to your brain. Because all of the brightness of the colors, clicking open even just a text, if you're scrolling on the internet, they actually stimulate your dopamine receptors, neuroscientists say, um, as much as cocaine does. That's why, that's why you always have to check, oh, I'm just going to check, oh, I'm just going to check. Why do you want to check? It's because there's actually an, a, it's addictive. It's, there's actually an addictive element of there's still so much stimulation that happens. And then what happens, especially with the kids that are on the cell phones all of the time, um, 
the brain, the neurons in the brain actually get shaped around needing that level of stimulation. So what happens when they're off the screen? ADD. I'm not saying ADD can't be caused by other things. I'm just saying that the screens don't help. And if the brains are being shaped around a screen, then you're going to feel depressed, anxious, and all sorts of other feelings because the brain has actually been formed to function with an amount of stimulus that is not natural or healthy. Um, so for my own learning to practice the presence of God, um, I have really set boundaries on my screen, and it has to be something that I do regularly uh, because the screen is a beast that will eat you up. Um, and I will, all, all of a sudden, you know, I'll just, it'll just be, you know, we've been texting, so my mom had surgery, and, you know, I'm checking in, and all of a sudden, I can just feel my brain is, oh, I just have to check. Oh, I'm just going to go check. Oh, I'm just going to go check. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I have to, I put my phone in airplane mode, go a couple hours of the day without looking at it, without, um, I, I actually, I use my phone for a journal because my handwriting's terrible, and because when the Lord speaks to me, I can't remember what he said, unless I go and write it down very quickly, and my paper and pen skills are not fast enough, so I actually keep my phone in airplane mode most of the time, and I type, if you see me typing during the service and during worship, I'm not texting, just so you know, I think that's very rude, <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but I do, I keep it in airplane mode so that I can be single-minded and not distracted, because otherwise you can even be you know, I can be doing a journal and then ping, someone texts me and it's, oh, distraction. Oh, it's like a little, a cat, you know, and you're, when you're hanging the ball of yarn and they're like, ping, 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 ping. That's what the phones do. It's constant, endless distraction. Satan loves our phones <laughs> because they can keep us entertained and distracted all of the time to where we can never enter into the quiet and restful and peaceful place of being able to hear the voice in the cave like Elijah did. So I'm not saying phones are bad. I use them all the time. They are a blessing. But there needs to be a very specific awareness and limitations put on them. Otherwise, they will rob us of things that God wants us to experience. Absolutely. And so that's the idea of just disciplining ourselves. Disciplining ourselves to regularly put aside unnecessary distractions. And a piece of that that Brother like Lawrence talks kids. about. <laughs> Just kidding. Put them aside. We're getting good at that. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. We love our kids. They're kids, yeah. Brother Lawrence has a great piece on that, though. And he wasn't even in li living in the time that we did. But the idea of don't beat yourself up when you find yourself distracted. Is he, and he specifically talks about this, is just show yourself grace, gently bring your heart and your mind back to saying, I want to just grow, I want to be aware of God right now. And so when you find yourself distracted, know that, that God's grace covers you in that and just gently bring yourself back. What is back to that thing that was helping you to just be single-minded, to set your mind on things above as, as Colossians 3 said last week. So anyway, so that's enough from last week, and we're going to move on. So if you're in your lift notes, we're going to be on number three now, and I'll uh, say tag, you're it, go for it. Okay. So I'm going to share this morning just helpful tools that Casey and I both use regularly um, to help us put into practice being in the present 
and in God's presence on a daily basis. The concept I'm going to be focusing on is called Selah, S-E-L-A-H. Did we have like the word or no? Nope. Okay, <laughs> we'll have scriptures. In the with, verses, yeah. Yeah, we'll have verses up in a minute. So it's Selah. Selah is a word that is found uh, 71 times in the Psalms. 7-1. That's a lot given that there are only 150 Psalms. So um, when something appears that often in writing, it's because the author wants to draw attention to it and bring focus to it. And so I think it's safe to say, given that it appears 71 times in 150 Psalms, that the Psalms are actually trying to model a lifestyle of this. And I want to explain what it means. Selah is a Hebrew word. It means to pause with an implied take a breath. It means to pause with an intentional, reflective, and meditative deep breath. It's a slowing down to pause, to reflect, to breathe. It's a being present in the present, slowing down to reflect, to soak, to breathe, to be aware of God's presence. Um, and in, in our present circumstances... Um, I want to look at a few verses that have Selah in them. This intentional slowing and pause. Are they up? Can we put them up? When you call them out, they appear. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Psalm 4610. Uh, the first one is NIV. Let me see how it's up there. Okay, great. So some of you may notice in some translations, the Selah is not translated. Um, in most translations, it is. So in NIV, they translate it, um, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Pause and breath. The next one is Psalm 46.7 in the Passion Translation. I love how the Passion Translation actually tries to translate the word Selah. Other translations don't. They leave it as Selah, which I'm fine with. I like that word a lot. Um, and I actually, right now, I'll share with you a little meme that I felt like God gave me for this um, practice in order to put it into practice throughout the day. It's Say la, say ah, because that's kind of what you do. When you take a deep breath, it's this ah, say la, say ah. And so I try to remember that throughout the day, just to take the moment to enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing, to savor and to treasure and to appreciate and to bring my awareness to the present, the beauty that I can appreciate in the presence, and at the same time, to connect in that moment to God's presence, just to turn my heart's gaze to his presence and in that breath, just to say, ah. <laughs> I don't always say, ah. I would actually annoy myself if I said, ah, all day long. <laughs> I would want to get some duct tape to put over my own mouth so I wouldn't have to hear it. Just walk around um, the house. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, that'd be so annoying. And ah. if he did it, I'd be so annoyed. I'm, gonna start. I'm annoyed right now. I get annoyed by things. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe it's because I have four male people in my house all the time, and they're all doing some kind of annoying noise, which Aww. we will. Yeah, that's, that's what they're doing in the house. It's ah, Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that's not what they're excited about. Um, okay, so Psalm 46.7 in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation translate into, translates Selah into pause in his presence, which mm. I love. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Selah, pause in his presence. Pause and breath. Let's go to the next one. Psalm 32, 7 in the Passion Translation. This one's good. Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. Selah. Pause and breath. Pause in his presence. Let it soak. So practicing Selah throughout the day, Selah, <laughs> is an amazing tool really to bring, to make concrete and to bring into practice being present in the present. It's so easy just to rush throughout the day. You know, we're doing, you know, for me, I'm doing dishes. I'm writing a sermon. I'm running to doctor's appointments. I'm driving with six trips a day, picking up kids from school. Mommy, 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 you know, do whatever it is. Um, doing bills. Just that pause, just the, the brief pause. Take a debt, take a deep breath, breathe in, breathe out. Thank God for something in my present and just let my soul become aware of his presence. And it's become almost like a mini retreat. Like It's like I'm doing a little retreat throughout the day where I'm just taking time and acknowledging his presence and savoring the day that I have because the reality is if we're not living in the presence and enjoying what we have today, that's really all we have. We're supposed to look forward to the future, um, you know, especially when we're holding on to promises for things that we need to see changed in the present. There's a real hope that comes from looking at the future and at the promises. But if we're never living in the present, then we're never really here and we're never really in life. We're kind of disengaged, living somewhere else, looking forward to a better day, which is a part of life but we need to be present in order to be fully alive and really just to experience the peace and the um, shalom. Let's give the shalom definition. Peace. I thought you were going to do a little more than that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> peace, wholeness, completeness. Yeah, there's a... Like there, a general overall well-being. Yes. There is a wholeness and completeness that we were made to experience by having simple pleasures in the, our daily life, the here and the now, the awareness of God's presence, the awareness of the goodness of the world that's around us. Um, 
So I intentionally try to slow and slow myself down and breathe and say ah and connect with God. I breathe in and I breathe out and I always try to bring my awareness to, to both enjoying and appreciating the present moment, so something in the present moment, and also his presence kind of simultaneously in that breath. Um, and like I said, I don't always say ah because that would really bother me, but it really helps for me to kind of throughout the day just check myself, oh, you know what, I'm rushing around, I'm breathing, you know, I'm breathing fast, and you know, every, the world is so quick and so busy, and we all have such full lives, and um, it just, just the reminder of, oh, say ah, say ah, it's almost, it's like bringing God's presence into my awareness and down to earth into where I'm at, right where my feet touch the ground in the nitty-gritty of life. Um, Did you want to go into shalom a little bit more? No? Okay. So I, I actually want to um, practice this for a moment together. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to share this now. There. Maybe the Thanksgiving part too? I am going to do the Thanksgiving part. I was actually not sure if I wanted to go into the science yet. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. The psalmist, when um, the word selah, meaning the pause and the intentional, slow, reflective, meditative breath. That word selah, that pause in God's presence, cannot be separated from the breath. It can't be separated from the breath. It's meant to be an act. It's not meant to be separate. So um, in our world, there's kind of a separation of, oh, we just go around and we do things and we read stuff and we read God's word and, um, you know, we just read it and then we go. And then, you know, you have the kind of more, um, you know, you have this movement of mindfulness and which is actually just being present in the present. That's what it is. Um, but, you know, of deep breathing and yoga and all this. And, um, and what's interesting is that there actually is a reason that there is a holistic element to pausing in God's presence and breath. Um, I won't go into all of the science of it, but God knew what he was doing when he told us to pause in his presence with a breath. Your, a breath, a deep breath, when you bring that oxygen into your lungs, it actually can shut down the fight or flight response, which we're oftentimes almost always in in our fast-paced world. And it brings a um, domino effect of healthy uh, body responses of peace, of neurotransmitters. Um, For example, I try to take a deep breath before I eat and just to rest and enjoy because I will give you one specific example um, scientifically. The stress state of fight or flight when you are rushing around shuts down the emptying of your stomach. It's actually via a domino effect of different hormones and neurotransmitters in your body that happen because of the stress mode. I won't go into that. It's boring. I think it's awesome. But you don't think it's boring. I know. I know. I don't I think do. it's boring. But he rolls his <laughs> eyes at me all the time because I I'm love. I'm just not smart enough to keep of, up with it. No, so that's just... not true. It's just our brains are wired differently. Um, so, but there is basically a domino effect from the stress that shuts down the emptying of your stomach. 
It shuts down the movement and the absorption of nutrients in your small intestine, and then it causes the large intestine to empty um, in an extreme. So it doesn't mean all that is happening all at once because you're like, hey, well, I don't have to run to the bathroom, so I guess I'm not stressed. That's not true. There's always The hormones and the chemicals are actually at work doing things, and when you take time to take a deep breath, just to savor, be grateful for the food, thank God for it, nourishing your body, be present, thank him for, what, for the nourishing food you have on your plate, for what the things around you. It, that breath actually puts a halt to the fight or flight, and it helps our bodies to come into a place where we can actually be aware of the peaceful presence of God instead of have our bodies be like, so I, I actually want to practice. So it turns on your digestive system, right? Um, it turns on what they call rest and digest and heal. Um, the autonomic nervous system actually starts running a program, literally, um, when we breathe. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I, I will, Can I translate for the simple-minded among us? If I you thought are I did eating, good. I thought... if you're eating stressed, it shuts off your digestive system to a degree. If you take a breath and that. rest, it That's turns on your digestive system in a better way. Okay. Is that kind of? I thought I is said that true? I, th I said it. It's just I, helping me. I said that. I'm translating. Stop. <laughs> this, is, this is our house here. Yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop being a doctor. I can't do it. No. Just tell me. Oh, um, you want me to breathe before we um, eat dinner? I, okay. I, will, I will add one more thing that my chiropractor told me. Um, slouching sets the body in fight or flight and opening up the shoulders, letting them rest and taking a deep breath actually does the same thing where the autonomic nervous system, think of it as the automatic system in your body, it starts an automatic response of allowing your body to rest and be peaceful. So my point is God was intentional when he told us to take a deep breath and to breathe in and to breathe out. There's a wholeness, there's a holisticness of that where God wanted our bodies to come into line with peace so that we could connect with him and his peace. And the breath is an intentional practice that if we want to, you know, do what the psalmist modeled for us and practice Selah, the breath is a very integral part of that that can't be taken away and that really is vital to experiencing that peace and the presence, being present in the present and in his presence throughout the day. So let's do an exercise together. Okay? Sound fun? Um, do we get to eat? <laughs> no. Okay. You can practice it later when I you bless eat. bless this donut. Um, I just want everybody to close their eyes. Set your thoughts and your gaze, your heart on God's presence. Take a deep breath in through your nose, if you can, filling up your belly with air. And as you exhale, let your shoulders fall. Let your neck release. If you want, you can open your hands as a symbolic act of just opening yourself up to God. You can place your hands on your heart. You can put your hands in a prayer pose. You can just let your arms relax at your side whatever you want to do that makes you feel rested and like you're just receiving in God's presence. Let's take one more breath in.
with heart and gaze on the presence of God. A deep, slow breath in and exhale and rest in his presence. Set your attention and reflect on his gentle presence with you at this moment while you breathe. Set your attention on his spirit within you, alive and well. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, full of resurrection, power, and life inside of you at this very moment. As you breathe, just set your awareness on that. Take a moment as you continue to breathe and thank him for something right now in the present. For your breath, the fellowship around you, for your lungs, for your feet that work, for just the moment of rest that you have with him, for the person next to you, whatever you want, whatever comes to mind, just take a moment to take a breath to connect in the present with gratefulness. And open your eyes. So, as we all just kind of experience together, it's so much easier to connect with God's presence when we breathe. There is just a fullness of his presence that comes when we take God's advice and bring Selah, the partnership of the breath, and being present in his presence together. Um, I actually want to do something fun. <laughs> I want to practice the opposite so that we can actually feel the difference. I'm sure you could feel the difference just taking the moment of peace. Um, but I want us, just for fun, to do this again. Close your eyes. Set your attention once again and gaze on God's presence. Let your heart just be aware of his nearness again. But this time, instead of taking a deep breath, try to hunch over a little, tense your shoulders, hold your breath or breathe fast. Cross your arms or legs, just be tight, and try to focus on God's presence. It doesn't work so well, does it? <laughs> You can go ahead and open your eyes. When we're just busy throughout the day, we're like this all the time and we're not even aware of it. Just running here and there and here and there. And it's so powerful to take the stillness, to take the quiet, to practice Selah, to intentionally let our neck and our shoulders rest as we come really just into an awareness and our and, and in our minds we're coming into contact with the presence of God. He's always with us. We're just not always aware of it. Um, so I just wanted to go through that just so you wouldn't think I was a weirdo and she's saying to do these weird breathing exercises like she's being a yoga instructor or whatever. And no, I'm not. This is 100% biblical. This is straight out of your scriptures and out of the Hebrew definition of the word selah. This is God's idea. <laughs> breathing is good. Um, I love how the breathing shifts your body so you can connect to the peacefulness of God. For this reason, I have actually intentionally pursued this. 
um, because there's been a learning how to breathe. When I first started trying to do deep breaths, I could get myself into hyperventilation and like cause anxiety because I wasn't breathing right where I'm like, this isn't working. And I'm like, you know, lightheaded all of a sudden. And um, I've, I have, my chiropractors talk to me about it because they learn it. I've YouTube different breathing exercises to try to just bring that relaxed, um, you know, breath. Um, I've, I have exercise DVDs that I really enjoy doing. So I just want to encourage you. I'm not going to go through any of that right now. But if you're having a difficulty um, relaxing as you breathe, and even if you're not, it's really helpful just to learn um, just a couple simple tools just to help your lungs to breathe. Like, for example, we're not supposed to breathe into our rib cage. That'll actually make you stress. That's American breathing. If you just if you open up your lungs, that'll actually do the opposite. But you're supposed to take a deep belly breath and let your belly fill with air and that fills to a much deeper level in your lungs instead of a very superficial place. So I encourage you, if you're enjoying this and you want to pursue um, just the, the simpleness of the power of the breath and the presence of God through that, experiencing the peacefulness in our bodies, um, it's really helpful just to learn a little bit on taking a deep breath and, um, and just learning how to do that. Um, it's not complicated. You know, it didn't take me long to catch on to it. But beforehand, I wasn't, I'll tell you, I wasn't breathing right. And when I took a deep breath, it stressed me out more than when I didn't because I was just not doing it right. Um, and like I said, I kind of like to think about it as almost like a mini retreat. It's, you know, we go on retreats to spend time with the Lord and to connect with him. And I love taking time throughout the day to go do those mini retreats. And I also take very intentional time during the day to practice Selah in those times that I set apart only for God, in the time that I'm reading his word, in the time that, um, you know, that I'm singing praises, in the time that I just want to be still in his presence. I want to move on to um, another, another part of the definition of Selah. And Selah actually means, um, like we said, to pause with a reflective breath, the slow breath, but it also means to pause and to praise. So it fits really perfectly into enjoying our present because enjoying is praising. It's Enjoying is just another verb. Enjoy, savor, wonder, delight, worship, cherish, treasure. Those are all active verbs of praise that can help us to connect in the present with God's presence, with where he is, to delight in what he's given us, to delight in even sometimes I just simply delight in the breath and the nourishing breath that God, that I can enjoy this breath and take this moment of peace and just treasure the moment and treasure his presence with me and treasure the little kids that are running around. (laughs) Sometimes I have to take a breath so that I can treasure and so I can move from totally annoyed and irritated and my, I feel like my head's about to explode into, ah, thank you, Jesus, your presence is here and you are with me. (laughs) 
Um, so like I said, the, the pause and the breath help us to savor and to bring God's pre- uh, the awareness of God's presence into the now. Um, and the praise is something that I do really simultaneously. The, the definition of shalom, I mean not of shalom, <laughs> of selah being pause, pause with a breath and praise. It really is just this beautiful tool to help us to connect with God in the present. Praise, savor, and joy with breath and reflection. Um, specifically for the things that are around us is a very helpful tool to savor God in the present. The Bible also talks about, you know, in Philippians 4, dwelling and thanking God for the things that we're grateful for, and this is, that's good and that's wonderful, but specifically for the applying Selah in trying to be present in the present, I like to look for things in my present that I can be grateful for so that I'm engaged in what I have at the moment. And, and I do go through all sorts of things. I try to list, you know, at different times, I go through the things that I'm grateful for, especially when I'm in a slump or I'm having a bad day or whatever. I list those things and I just praise God for them. But as a part of the Selah, the practicing of Selah, just thanking him for what's, hap- what's happening now in the present is a really powerful tool. And I felt like God gave me a little meme for the thankful part. Um, so we have Selah, Se-ah, and then there's, this is silly too, thankful, tank full, a full tank. So we're looking at our glass or at our tank instead of is half empty, but is half full. And as we look at the things, as we look at those things and the fullness that's in the tank, it really just helps to fill us up. So we feel like we're we're, we're running on a full tank. You know, if we look at all the negative things, you can get depressed real quick. If we're looking at the grass on the other side, we can get, you know, bleh, eh, you know, upset with life real quick. But as we're thankful for the blessings that we have right here, it really helps to fill, to fill our tanks with gas, to make us feel alive. And it really shifts and brings our gaze on the, on the kingdom of heaven on the presence of God with us. Um, Thankfulness and praise does something to shift the atmosphere so quickly. Um, So, selah, se'ah, thankful, tankful. And I use those little words, just catchphrases real quick, just to help myself throughout the day to bring these practices into practice. Otherwise, I'm moving so quick and things happen so fast and there's so many things that I have to do that are going on that it goes by so quickly. Um, the next element I want to talk about with Selah is that um, inherent to its definition is also meditation. Meditation was God's idea. So we don't, you know, sometimes it's, oh, meditating, that's a part of another religion. And God invented it because it's good. He invented the breath. He invented the stillness. He invented the quiet. He invented stretching. Yoga does not, I mean, you know, yoga actually was developed. Um, it was Buddhist, right? A Buddhist practice. It wasn't Hindu? I'm getting so. confused. Hindu. I think it's Hindu. It's Eastern. Yeah. It, yeah, it's Hindu. And, you know, but the breath, who made our bodies? God made our bodies to stretch and to breathe. And, you know, you can have different cultures and religions that dedicate dancing 
to the devil, well, the devil doesn't own dancing. God does. The devil doesn't own stretching and breathing. God does. And we can use all of these things that were God's own invention to worship him and to live in the fullness that he intended us to live in. Just wanted to add that. Um, So meditation. Meditation specifically on God's word. um, It's incorporating that intentional pause and breath as we meditate on God's word. It's pausing on one verse and savoring it, going over it, lingering there letting there be an intentional just stillness and quiet. Um, the Psalms meditate, I mean, the Psalms uh, model this for us perfectly, you know, as we saw with those Psalms. It's a verse and then just pause and breathe and connect with his presence and meditate on that. I like to do this intentionally. I feel like there's something, um, there's just something inside of me that really connects with taking time to make things sacred. And so I intentionally, I go and I, you know, I sit with my Bible and I read and that's a sacred time. But I actually really like to do kind of like special things, special acts. Like I'll get, on, I'll get down on my knees. I always have a verse or two that I am memorizing. I think it's really awesome to bring back the art of memorization and meditation. Um, it's easy to get lost because I can Google every verse. <laughs> I used to be awesome at memorizing verses, and I don't have to do that anymore because I can Google it. But there's something about the stillness and about assimilating the nutrients of God's word that happens when we take time to meditate in it, to marinate, let it, to, to let it marinate in us. You know, when meat marinates in, in that sauce, it it soaks in. It changes the meat. And there is something that I like to do on a regular basis. Even when I don't have a lot of time, um, I will take the verses that I'm pressing into. You know, for me right now, it's, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-discipline. That's specifically because the diet that I have to be on in order to continue to have my intestines heal is so dang strict it's like a continuous fast. It's like green vegetables and only limited green vegetables and some organic meats and eggs. That's it. <laughs> so it takes a lot of discipline on my part and dedication, um, especially because I am a great cook and I have to cook everyone else food and watch. And it takes a lot of discipline. And I intentionally, in order to make that discipline happen, and just open my hands to God. Um, and I'll just say that verse out loud. Or I'll say it in my mind, and I just meditate on it. And I practice Selah. I practice the pause, the breath, the meditation, and I just let myself soak in and meditate on that verse. And I just want to encourage us to practice Selah also intentionally with a scripture verse and just to marinate in it. And as you marinate in it, honestly, um, I have always meditated on verses, but this past couple weeks, since I have been meditating on that verse about discipline, I'm telling you, I am a champ. I am so strong. I am so solid. I'm like, I don't even want your ice cream. I love broccoli and butter. (laughs) I don't even want it. (laughs) But really, it actually happened. There's a shift. There's been a shift from 
oh, this, I can't wait till this is over and I'm completely better and I can just pig out and get fat for a while. <laughs> that actually was a goal, is a goal at some point. <laughs> but um, but there's, there is a powerful, supernatural transformation that happens in our being as we intentionally meditate and say la with portions of scripture. And I like to keep them small, short, and sweet so that I can really just soak. Because my brain can't be 20 places at one time. I just can't do it. I can't do 20 verses. I do one or two verses, and I just soak in it. And, and honestly, those things and these, this pra- the practices of say la, say ah, thankful, thankful, and meditating on his word and just being, being grateful and breathing and enjoying things in my presence, saying thank you for my breath, thank you for the world around me, and just bringing my gaze, taking that pause throughout the day and bringing my gaze to him and breathing in his presence. I like to often think that, and even picture just breathing in his presence, breathing in his love, breathing in his light. There is a part of our spirits that really comes alive as we take these sacred moments to come into contact with the living God. I think that's all I got. Awesome. You've made me very peaceful. I don't even. I'm just, it's powerful. Been doing a lot of it's breathing. It's powerful. Just wanna. Yeah, I know. I want to go take a nap now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go gonna rest close in our God's eyes. presence. Yeah. You, you succeeded. That's <laughs> no, great. I love it. A, a verse that came to mind, and we'll, we'll be done. Just as how Jesus said to love. You know, what's the most important thing? What's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, "Love." You know, referring to the reality that we're that God created us as a whole person. Our body, mind, and spirit is all dramatically more connected than our typical Western world mindset. And, and uh, Jesus affirms that. And so I think what you're talking about today is, is, as I translate it in my heart, it's really part of how we can worship God with everything that we are. Love God with all we are. Love God with our body, with our mind with our heart and putting all that together is a is a beautiful way to to live in his presence and worship him yeah and and it's how we can experience his kingdom more fully because his kingdom is not meant to be isolated only in our mind you know i i absolutely love that god invented this that selah is a breath it's a breath with meditation it's a pause with a breath it's not just the american western just pause and think about it, and it doesn't matter what else you do because it's just your mind that matters. God knows better than that because he made us. He made us as triune beings. Yeah. All right. Well, let me Just like you a... can't separate the Holy Spirit, the Father, and Jesus. Ooh. May I offer a peaceful prayer? I... <laughs> or would you like to? Dance a new dance like David.